What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure to click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have covered, we're always checking comments on there. Love to hear from you guys and then be able to get your suggestions onto a future episode. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Josh McCormick. You've heard him on the podcast before, talking about UCC and his YouTube channel. And he recently, or since we chatted last, has started his own diesel shop. And I wanted to catch up with him on that, how the first couple of years in business have been for him, and then also jump into his UCC truck and kind of the final push to getting it ready for the competition. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys that our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off discount code for you. Use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. You get 20% off site-wide. We really appreciate them offering this code just for you guys. So if you're in the market for a knife, something for hunting, fishing, EDC, anything like that, they've definitely got something for you. Their newest model this year is the Duralock, which it's a really it's a really cool knife. I've got a few of them myself. And the blade's made out of D2 steel the way that it opens and closes is super smooth, keeps your fingers away from the blade. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure and head on over to their website, check it out, and don't forget to use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Josh, talking with him about his business, and also the final push to get his UCC truck ready to go. Josh, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you today at this kind of time and place with everything you've had going on with your shop, getting ready for UCC, your truck. I've always enjoyed our, our chats in the past, so I appreciate you taking time to chat with me this weekend, kind of you know running on a little sleep and a lot of stress and everything. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back on, Patrick. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. I mean, a lot has changed since the last time we chatted, and I wanted to spend a little time before we jump into the truck talking about your shop, your business, the the big move that you made. Because um, I remember seeing it on social media, but I haven't I haven't chatted with you a lot since then. So I, I was curious, you know, how's it been going? Um, what's it been like? Uh, it was definitely a big change. Um, uh, I moved like December of 2021. Uh, to Abingdon, Virginia, I started uh, WOT Motorsports with David Petrick. He's like from this area. Uh, and yeah, we met basically through competition. Um, first time I ever really hung out with him was KOS 2019. Um, and I met him through Gordon Lindemood. And yeah, from there, we just kind of, I mean, David was one of the few guys that was willing to uh, trash talk as much as I was. So that was very uh, inviting, I guess you'd say. And um, yeah, 20, 2020, we did KOS together. Uh, 2021, we did UCC together. And uh, that's when I had an engine issue and he had a spare motor that he was willing to let me borrow. And then from there on, we just, uh, 21 KOS, we actually like shared a tent and it just kind of turned into a really good friendship and now uh we're partners in this and um what's the what's the term blessed to be stressed i guess uh <laughs> we uh every every day i come in there's stuff in the parking lot to be worked on so um yeah we just we do a little bit of everything here um we have like currently in the shop we got a lly for head gaskets and we're gonna do a five blade turbo bunch of hsp parts we have another lvz duramax in the shop uh this one was kind of a weird story the the guy that owns it bought a built motor from somebody and then somebody was supposed to put the truck back together and he brought it to us with like the front clip off and like nothing hooked up so 
we were working on that yesterday. And then we got obviously my truck here. Then we have a uh, customer that brought in the truck for a road trip inspection. And his transfer case had like almost a quarter inch of yoke plate, like in and out. So I got that torn down. We're waiting on parts for it. And then we have a 20, I think it's an 18 model Longhorn Laramie or Laramie Longhorn. Uh, that's going from an Azen to a G56 swap. So um, we do we do just about anything. The only thing we really try to stay away from is uh, like oil changes and fuel filters and stuff. Um, it's just so hard to be like competitive and actually make it worth your while to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do we do about everything. Um, we're working on the transmission program some more. Uh, I'm trying to add like five R's and A1000s to our build capabilities. Right now we do. Uh, all the 47, 48 Dodge stuff in-house, and then 68s, so we usually install like a WP development uh, products in there. Um, I'd love to figure out the 68 more, but I mean, Ethan's such a good guy to do business with and such a good product. It's kind of hard to like, I guess, cut them out in a way. So yeah. I've been learning how to work with other businesses, I think has been uh I don't want to say interesting, but it's definitely changed my perspective on certain things and like how you like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many other companies transmissions come through here and it's like, you just fix them, you know, at the end of the day, like you just let other people know like, Hey, this is what I found. But at the end of the day, most of the time when I get something else from another shop, it's like the customer is usually the one at fault and uh, you know how stuff can get twisted around real quick. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Has it, is there anything, well, I'm sure there's been a lot of stuff that uh, maybe you didn't anticipate you know, starting a shop and doing it. Is there one thing that really jumps out like that you wish you would have known before you did it? Not that you wouldn't have made the same choice, but it just would have been helpful in the growing process. Um, that's a good one. Um, I guess, I guess I, I just wish I would have thought more about I, th I think I, I, if I could do it over again, I think I would have charged people more in the beginning. Um, I, I feel like I discounted myself to or ourselves, obviously Dave, Dave works too, but um, I think that was the biggest thing I, I made a mistake on that we did was we were, we were too cheap in the beginning. Um, and you found yourself just working a lot harder than you should have to, to, get there and now i mean obviously we don't want to be uncompetitive but we've you know raised our rate to a point where we don't have to kill ourselves and like our our parking lot's probably got i think about 10 trucks in there now that we haven't even looked at yet so uh you know it's a nice steady flow um and i'll be honest i mean I, i've been in the industry for a long time and i've gotten to talk to a lot of other business owners and at my last job at PDD, I mean, I got to see a lot of the business side of stuff. Um, so I was very fortunate in the fact that I started this, I'd say maybe a little too late for my body, so to speak, but uh, I got a lot of experience coming up through it. And then I, I'm the, the child of two parents that had very successful small businesses. So I had a really good support system and uh, I always learned a lot from other business owners in our industry, like especially PDD. Um, uh, believe it or not, LaVon was very, uh, some of the things that he has said about the way they built up Firepunk, um, you know, just learning all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, you see kind of how other businesses do stuff on like social media and stuff. And you just learn a lot. Um, and I think a lot of it too is, you know, David's, I think he's a little older than me by a couple of years, but I mean, being in our early thirties, mid thirties, like, I guess the ego side has started to slow down, at least for myself. Um, and I, I could see that change. Like you go back and look at the stuff you used to post and stuff. And you're just like, wow, like <laughs> we have grown up a lot. And, uh, I mean, that's part of it, you know, so it, it is what it is. It's really, I, I, I was just going to say, it's really tough with the age thing because you need the experience, I think, to be successful, but then you also need the enthusiasm and, you know, you think back to your early twenties or mid twenties, you know, working all night on a truck didn't hurt as much as it does now, or it's going to in the future. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for me, I, I just, because I was in the military, I had kind of a later start. So when I like really hit the ground running in the industry. I was already mid twenties, you know, and, uh, I, uh, I, that's why I see these guys in their younger twenties and stuff. And I'm just like, dang, like these guys will have, you know, another few, three, four good more years of their body before it really starts to tear on them. And, uh, I miss that energy, but you know, it's, you just keep going, you know, soldiering on through it. And, uh, you gotta dig deep. Like, uh, last week we had some issues with the, or, I guess this week, earlier this week, we had some issues with the UCC build. And it's like, you got to look at it like you can quit now or just keep going forward. And we just decided to keep pushing on. One of the reasons I really wanted to start with catching up with you about the shop is because, you know, the focus today is going to be the UCC truck. And I imagine, or, or what I really picked up on as being a challenge was you've got all those trucks behind you and you've got to get your truck ready for next week. And that added stress versus maybe being in a different environment where customers aren't calling and bugging you. Where's my truck? Where's my transfer case? Why isn't the engine back in? And then you're looking at something you're going to take out and compete with the most powerful trucks out there. So how has that, how's that been an added challenge? You know, like right now, like we're doing this on the weekend and you know, this was, a, you know, the best time for us to connect. So I know time's limited for you. Has that been a really big challenge with it? This go round is balancing the business and the build. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just basically I, what, what I've started to do is kind of set limits. Um, you know, I could work a hundred hours a week here for, for David and I, and I feel like I'd still fall behind. Um, and, you know, David and I have that same mentality of this is what we love to do. Like, we don't want to make this where, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm trying to find the words for it, but basically like, this is what we're so passionate about. Like we're willing to, you know, not take on as much work or whatever for, I mean, I would say UCC prep for me, like heavily started about probably two months ago. Um, and, you know, you just set limits. Like, I, I usually probably would do maybe 80 hours a week here, and I just dialed it back a little bit. And, you know, David picked up some of the slack, and some of it is just we didn't take on as much work. Uh, so, you know, you sacrifice for it. But, I mean, David's no stranger to it. He, uh, oh, God, he's – I think he's already drag raced three times this year, and then he took my mega cab out sled pulling this year. So, um, and he's had to work on his own truck. He's his motor's currently out getting refreshed up at New Performance Auto. So, I mean, when you have two people that 
what I think what I love the most about like what David and I have going on is you have two people that come from very similar backgrounds with similar financial situations with similar interests. Like it's not like we both don't mind being poor to go do this. You know what I mean? We don't, we both don't mind being tired to go do this. And I think that's why we work really well together um, is we're just so similar minded on that. And I'll be honest, David deals with all the paperwork. He's the one that's got to meet with our tax person. He does all of the invoicing. He answers the phone a lot. Um, lately, we've been kind of trying to, a lot of people want to call and talk to me and that's fine. But at the same time, like David can usually answer it and I'm far more effective turning wrenches back here. And, uh, you know, in a couple of years, we hope where David doesn't have to come out here and work anymore. We'll have another guy and I won't ever have to answer the phone again, which would be ideal. It's not that I don't like talking to people, but I build engines or trannies. I'll come, I'll leave here, come back at 10 o'clock at night and I'll work uninterrupted. No one coming in, no one calling me. And it's the best times that I have personally, because I, I don't do well with distractions. That's a really interesting point is that I've talked with a lot of the guys who founded huge companies in diesel and they started it like everyone has to, they had to sell it, build it, install it when they were out there on, you know, forums at that time or other sorts of media, that's who you knew as the face of the company. And then it gets to that point where you have to step back. Like you just have to separate it so you can, you know, come up with a new product, a new, something new with a build, um, you know, doing what you do and, and customers or potential customers, they can get kind of demanding with time because that's who, that's who they know. But yeah. um, ultimately it's to make them a better product. Um, you know, with the, the truck itself, walk me through the build, uh, the, the truck that you're putting together for this year. So when we see yeah. it perform next week, we kind of have the inside story or, or kind of the backdrop on it. Yeah, so uh, it's a 2007 uh, 5.9 original truck. Um, I bought this when I started my YouTube channel uh, in November of 2020. Um, and it currently now sits as a, uh, it's got a 6.4 liter deck plate uh, Cummins in it. Um, Eric at No Limit did the sleeve install. And then we have his billet main caps and his cross bolted girdle, um, which is a really nice piece. Uh, we have an industrial injection. Uh, I think it's their stage two race head on it. Um, and then Waggler Extreme Beam Rods. That's their new design deck plate rods. Diamond Pistons, Total Seal Rings. It's got a no limit cam and tappets in it. Manton Push Rods, OEM Rockers. Uh, for the fuel side of stuff, we got Dynamite Injectors. They're, I think we have the 108 LPMs in there. So, a little bit big. I mean, you could do percentage over, but you, I mean, you have Lenny on the podcast all the time. Like he hates that term. So we got 108 LPMs in there. Uh, we have two Exergy 14 mil race pumps um, with a fleece controller, fleece kit. Uh, and then we have a fluid dampener with their max power kit, a stainless comp T6, two turbo smart wastegates. Um, we have a Midwest uh, I, I use uh, John Trotto from Black Tie Race Fab. He's the guy I buy all my Midwest turbos from. We have a ball bearing 480, and then we have a FI1. Uh, it's a 110 on there. Um, if you want, I can like pop the hood and show you. Yeah. As I, explain. I don't want to 
mess up your podcast though. <laughs> people love to people love to see it. That's why I tell everybody if, if they listen to us like on a podcast app, like jump onto YouTube too, because a lot of times yeah. you can actually you see the whole setup with it. So yeah, I mean we just um a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of time. Um and then we have quite a bit of nitrous. We got uh, one three seventy five hanging out down there. Two of them up there, and then we have two of the smaller fifteen three hundred L's. Uh, we have a lot of bean machine stuff. Uh, we have like the firepunk upper radiator uh, kit, and then Bean Machine did this valve cover for us with like our company logo. Uh, we have six twenty five deck plate studs, um, electric water pump. Got the holder I mean, down. The holder down sticker. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a got a rep. We got a six liter out back. That's mine. That I I need to get to work on. Um, and then I just wanted something a little different on this. Like everyone runs like the factory third gen, or if you have a race truck, you run this one and you flip it upside down. I just wanted to be a little bit extra, I guess. So I made this fit in a factory location. Obviously, the air conditioning is gone on this truck now. Very sad day when I had to let that go, but. Uh, we did all the fab work in house. Um, that's something that I've really wanted to focus on. We have the dynamite modified rail in here. Uh, and then we, we do dual feed the rail from fleece. If you look, we got the fire suppression nozzles in there now. And then as far as inside the truck goes, it's probably a disaster, but we have a full interior minus the seats. I uh, put my Kirky on the old power base there we have a 850 cage from firepunk that fits incredible um my nitrous sits inside the truck on this one full manual valve body max five and then this truck is still a factory ecm as well uh and as far as suspension goes we have like factory stuff up front with like a dodge off-road track bar fresh mopar steering billet control arms from full hook performance and then in the back here we have just your standard 2500 gooseneck uh, gooseneck towing capabilities <laughs> of leaf springs and then i have the firepunk kit with uh viking shocks in the back to make those fit so i mean probably not the most aggressive drag race setup by far but i i don't it's not that i hate drag racing but I like sled pulling with this truck a lot more. So I wanted to keep the setup that seems to be working really good for us on the pull track. So I left it leaf sprung for right now at least. What's the what's the strategy for this competition? And and before before you answer, you know, my perspective of it, I, I haven't been to UCC. I've done a ton of podcasts and episodes about them with people who are competing. And I don't really have if I was gonna do something like that, I wouldn't really know how to start so i'm trying to understand how can i be competitive in all three because they're so vastly different like a sled pulling truck versus drag racing versus something that's going to go on the dyno make a ton of power how do you put together a strategy to be successful at a competition like this you bring a lot of spares <laughs> um you uh i mean that's that's really what it boils down to i mean you get in my opinion i've always felt like ucc favored more of a drag truck um, and that's fine. Like that's, that's how, that's how the, the points stack up and that's okay. Like it is what it is. Um, but usually guys that have a lot of 
success have a drag race truck. And I would say it's much easier, in my opinion, to make a drag race truck hook to a sled and go 250 feet than it is to take a truck that can pull a sled 300 feet um, prospectively and make that truck go like low fives. Um, Cause it's a lot different, you know, drag racing, the tube chassis stuff and everything's really, really light. And on sled pulling stuff, like a lot of guys are still running like an OEM frame rail and then they're just welding metal everywhere they can. You know what I mean? You're trying to make that thing super rigid. So um, my, the way I go into UCC every year is, I mean, everyone knows I'm slow. So there's no really, you set the bar real low on the track race portion of it. Um, And then from there, like the dyno, that's easy transition for us, even with a sled pull truck, because I usually run this truck in like open or run what you run or hot street diesel. Um, So for us, it's, it's real easy. This truck goes to like sled pull mode from the way you see it now. It takes about two hours by myself. I'm hoping with my team at UCC, we could do it in about an hour. Um, And I feel like at UCC, like a lot of guys, from what I've seen sled pulling, they like over-engineer it. Like these trucks are designed to pull a certain way. So when you have factory frames and stuff, like those things are pretty rigid if you know like where to chalk them up at and and stuff like that. So uh, we're hoping... My goal for UCC this year was to go like some kind of a 580, 590. Um, the truck still weighs 6,475 pounds, so it's not a light truck at all. Um, and then the dyno, I can tell you I'm working on the spare motor when we get done here. Um, so if this motor lets go on the dyno, it, it is what it is. But uh, I'm hoping for, you know, 2,500 plus horsepower. Uh, with them getting rid of the torque now, um, it kind of changes how you attack it. I feel like before UCC really rewarded the guys that were willing to start it down at the basement um, and make that, you know, 3,500 foot-pound plus torque number, now you don't have to do that. So I feel like you'll have guys that are still going to do it anyway, and then you'll have guys, hopefully like myself, that'll start it a little bit higher and just make it up top. Um but the, the dyno is definitely the decision maker at UCC. It always has been. I think it always will be because that's when you'll get guys that make 1,800 horsepower that drag race really well. And then you'll have the guys that, you know, like I, I think about like Chris Patterson, Derek Rose, Ziegler. You're talking about trucks that, you know, a couple of those went fours, right? And then Chris went, I think, like 540s. And then they still make 26, 27, 28. Ziegler made, what, 3,300 horsepower? Like, that's when that gap just, it's huge, you know? And and it's crazy to me to, like, when you look at the the point scoring, you're just like, that gap there, it's it's hard to beat. Um, So, again, I mean, it's anybody's game, like a couple engine failures or a couple trans problems or, or any kind of parts failure, like it can really shake it up. But a lot of these trucks, you know, you get to test long before we do. And, and all of us, I feel like watch each other. They might not admit it, but I know I watch every other truck that's competing and you're just like, all right, where are they at? How fast did they go? 
And uh, sometimes they won't post the times, but you have ways around that and you figure out what they were running, you know, <laughs> and uh, you, you just, it's good to see people. I feel like this UCC, there's been a lot more testing that has been public um, than in years past uh, that I've been involved with. Like this year for my truck specifically, we've gone to the drag strip and we actually had decent success and we went to Firepunk's Dino two days ago on Thursday and uh we had i learned a ton and the truck's doing what i want it to do so i actually feel pretty comfortable like it's the weekend or what four days before we leave and all i have to do is build a spare motor and install a window net like that's it um so i feel comfortable i'm not gonna say ready because i don't think you're ever ready but we got uh you just got to bring a lot of spare parts to an event like this like i know for myself we got the full built truck. Then we have another sleeve six, four, uh, spare motor. We have four different turbo setups that we could run that are all independent of each other, like piping and everything. Um, we have three built trannies, two transfer cases, couple axles, uh, ECMs, harnesses, max fives. Like you just, I've been to events where you've had to pivot and if you don't have the parts, like it almost kills it. So that's the nice part about UCC. They don't penalize you for swapping stuff like other competitions. So realistically, whatever you're willing to do before the next event is okay. So it changes your strategy. A lot more people can swing for the fences on the dyno because they know they could swap the motor, you know, that night versus other events where you get, deductions on swapping the motor and you got to be a lot smarter about how you attack certain things so yeah i think that it really appeals i think to the spectator because when they either buy tickets and go or they're watching it you know on a live stream or something like that they want to see a performance and i think what you mentioned is really key there because I, i've seen some not uccs but other events in the past where you know that the the truck's holding back because they need to make it last. And you're like, oh man, I came because I wanted to see the dyno number he made, or I wanted to see the quarter mile time or eighth mile time. So I think that really adds to the excitement that the enthusiasts and spectators are wanting to see. Oh yeah, and I, I mean, we don't. I I don't say I don't want to say we're gonna hold the truck back on drag race day, but there gets to be a point where, um, you know, five eighties and something this heavy, like safety wise stopping wise rollover wise my driver experience wise like you just you got to kind of know your limit um and the dyno like what we're fixing to load into it you know it was like lavon lavon and i were talking about thursday like it's either gonna work or there's gonna be pieces everywhere and i know i'm not the only person that has that mentality uh i know like greg had some misfortune last week too and like, there's a lot of guys. I know Chris has a huge thorn in his side that he wants to unleash to the world as well. Um, and then you got uh, the Coffee family. Hunter Coffee's driving it. I, I know they're trying to go for 3000 Like, you got a lot of people. You know, the list definitely got a lot smaller as the event came up. But I feel like you're still going to have one heck of a show. And I can tell you that I definitely want to end that sled pull with – everything i can so i mean whether we have to put the spare motor in you know we're gonna turn it all the way up for the sled pull and definitely all the way for the dyno the only event i'd say we're gonna try and be a little bit more cautious on is just the drag race portion 
there's a lot, uh, you know, so far through this, this chat, there's a lot of uh, questions that I get <clears throat> from a variety of perspectives. Um, like sometimes um, people will ask, hey, I want to start a diesel shop, but I'm not sure what to look for in a business partner. And you answered that the way you guys are in line with your goals, <clears throat> the things that you guys want to do. Um, or they say, hey, um, I want to go build this truck and I want to race it, but I may not be able to be the quickest on the track or make the most you know power with this but how do i strategize and put it together so there's a lot of a lot of knowledge that you've dropped you know so far and there's another one i wanted to touch on because i think it's really important and we're kind of answering a bunch of questions that people have asked me all at once um i saw that you had posted that uh when you were at firepunk the tremendous amount of knowledge that you learned spending time with them and i wanted to you don't have to go into specifics of what you learned, but I really want the people out there listening that are interested in this to understand why it's so important to reach out to a company or someone who has done it before or someone who specializes in it and admit that you don't know everything and absorb the knowledge that they have. It doesn't have to be necessarily with a dyno. It could be with starting a business, could be with making it more successful. It could be with building a better team. It could be maybe not even pertaining to trucks, it could be running a construction company or a storefront or something like that. But Going to somebody who's, a, you know, a specialist um, and successful in a particular industry or with a topic and just absorbing as much as you can. What was that like and how much did that help you? I mean, it's. Uh, if your attitude isn't right, like no matter what I tell people, it's never going to change their opinion. And that's like usually you try to feel people out right away. But like, I, I think as you get older or whatever, or I, I guess to me, it's just like you invest so much time in something. It's not even the money. You can make more money every day. That's what I always tell people. I'm like the time you never get back the time that you sacrifice on this. And you just get to a point where you're like, you got to get help somewhere. Um, and I don't think, I mean, maybe there's people that think less of me now that I went there. I mean, I don't really care either way, but uh, you just, you got to be willing to accept that stuff isn't always like you can't do everything yourself. And I, I feel like that's a tough pill to swallow, especially for somebody like me, because I've been so hardcore DIY. But um, yeah, I just, I messaged LeVon. I said, hey, can we set up like a dyno appointment? And I set it up probably like a month and a half ago. They squeezed me in. And uh, for that half hour that LeVon was there that, and I mean, just a big thank you to them. They were trying to get, Hunter Coffee's truck ready to go drag race and he still came over and we just went over the max five and LeVon's like what do you want to know and I said I want to know how to make the truck just like do that crazy smack and I said I want to learn how to set this up for drag racing and uh once you just asked the questions he was like well this is what we do this is how we do it and I didn't feel like they held anything back I mean Obviously, this being a factory ECM truck, it's not the same as like the Bosch's that they like to use. But he's like, this is how I would set it up with what you got going on. And the drag race setup, he pretty much laid out everything for me. He's like, this is how we do it. These are the jet sizes that we do it. These are the times that we do it. And uh, like stuff like that, like it saves you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. Like I, I definitely appreciated everything, but nothing's free in this world either. Like we paid our bill when we were done at the end of it. Like, 
um, you know, and, and we, it, it was worth it. It was like one of those things, like I came back and Dave's like, so what'd you learn? I was like, dude, like <laughs> we got to rewire some stuff on this truck. And I said, we got to rewire some stuff on your truck. But I was like this, I was like, it was worth way more money than they charged me to, to do that. And just like the, in the environment there with Larson and stuff. And uh, like, they're just, they're very helpful, helpful guys. And I feel like some people get the, get certain impressions from people depending on how you meet them and stuff. But like anytime I've been at any ODSS events, especially since I moved out here, like um, they've helped me with drag race tuning, uh, like ECM tuning and, and stuff. And uh, I buy a lot of stuff from Firepunk now, especially just being so close to them. Um, like we have their cage kit, their shock kit, some of their billet parts. Uh, like one of my favorite things I get from them is their engine lifting bracket. So, uh, you know, and, and that's, you get a lot of help from a lot of people. Like, uh, some of my best friends, like Meyer from who still works at PDD, like we pretty much buy all of our transmission parts through power driven through Meyer, you know, and that's like, when I have a trans question, I don't feel bad about calling Meyer. Cause I'm like, dude, like we buy, you know, X, Y, Z from you guys. And, and I feel like a lot of people that's the biggest thing for me is like, I want to support their business. So I buy parts from them. Sometimes I can find them cheaper, but that knowledge you can't get like when you buy it on, you know, eBay or whatever. And I think that's one thing that I've really learned over time. And I try to put into our business model. Like I will help people till the end of the earth. If you're willing to support our business, like I will give you everything you need, but if you're buying all this stuff from XYZ and then you need me to put it together, like I, I'm not as keen to help people. And with that attitude, like I've changed my habits and that's why I feel like a lot of companies are willing to help us out. Um, you know, get the truck set up. Ethan at WP developments has been awesome with a lot of things, just sometimes just keeping my head up. And uh, yeah, I mean, what you learn, at any company that's successful as long as you're willing to absorb it and I, I think you'll be fine you know and i i meant what i said when i made that facebook post like i recommend anyone to go to the firepunk dyno um get yourself a dyno session and just learn uh, like it blew my mind i wish i wasn't so tired when i was there uh i, I feel like i might have been able to get more out of it but what i was able to it was awesome and I think uh, hopefully it's successful. It's been one of the toughest lessons I've learned being an adult is, is I, I like to do things myself as well and, and everything. And then realizing through that process that, you know, how many thousands of hours did Firepunk invest to learn what size jet or how much did PDD learn with a transmission component or any of the companies you mentioned? you can take those 10,000 hours and try to learn it yourself, or you can just have, I guess maybe the word is humility um, and just saying, Hey, I want to learn this. And, and then being appreciative and supporting it, which is really key. And I think relates back to what you said at the beginning with starting the shop and maybe how things were um, priceless and how you needed to, you know, evaluate the price structure is it attracts the right type of customer because ultimately when we either buy a transmission, an engine, a tool, anything out there, we want to have support. We want to know that we're buying something that, you know, has quality and attention to detail. And if it costs a little more, I would rather pay more 
then get the cheapest price because rarely i can't say never but rarely is the cheapest the best thing you can get sometimes sometimes it is but it's a tough lesson to learn it 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 is and you know um some people get a little irritated when you know when i ask them that question i'm like so what of these parts did you buy from us and some people kind of get it uh instantly but i think like i would say as an industry whether you are a consumer or a shop like the buying on eBay, Amazon, or a wholesaler, like that's great, but then you better know how to use it. You, you know what I mean? Like I buy, I'm trying to think of like something I buy. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I buy some transports off eBay, like a lot of core parts, whatever. Like I know how to use those, you know what I mean? And I don't have to call anybody to ask questions, but I think that's the one thing that like, and maybe this puts me on a totem pole or what, whatever, but like, I feel like as an industry, like that's the one thing that kills us now. And I, and if you've noticed, I don't know how many uh, online retailers you go to, but like a lot of places have now started pulling performance parts off of their websites. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but it has kind of changed the phone calls we get at the shop. Even like people wanting to order, like, especially like dynamite injectors and stuff like, it used to be we'd get a call, we'd recommend a size. I'd never hear back from them. I'd see that person post on Facebook about how they got it from, you know, a bigger retailer. And now, like, that's not an option anymore. They got to kind of go through the smaller shops. So uh, that's that's been something that's been, I guess, nicer now is, you know, a lot of us small shops will bend over backwards for you. I will kill myself to make sure that you're happy, so to speak. Um but it's hard to do that if I if I had if you made no investment in my future, I guess is the way I look at it. Uh, prime example, we built a six, seven motor, shipped it to Hawaii. Um, and he's called me at two in the morning. I mean, obviously, I'm still awake, but I will answer. You know what I mean? Like if you buy a transmission from us, if I fab you up a turbo kit, if I build you an engine, even a short block, like there is a expectation of my service that I give you. You know, if you want to call me at 10 o'clock at night and I'm not doing anything crazy, like I'll answer, like, let's figure it out. Why is it doing this? Why is it doing that? And, and um, that staying of customers become friends before friends become customers, like no matter how many times people say it, you never think that's true. It is a hundred percent true. There was a situation that you just reminded me of a story and it was a long time ago and somebody said hey i need a turbo for my truck i said all right well these are really good you know call these places up and a few months go by and they ordered something off ebay from somebody yep. and it didn't work quite right and he's like man i can't get it to work right like, who should i contact i'm like call ebay like ask ebay <laughs> like that's part yeah. of what you're paying for is like you know i can't help you yeah the service after sale is is uh is brutal and and when you it's hard to put a value on my time on the phone but like at a certain point, you just got to draw the line. And uh, I mean, Ryan Milliken has a lot to offer a lot of the time. But I think my biggest takeaway is like firing customers. Like sometimes you just you got to do it. And Ryan's very good at that. Um, <laughs> you've had him on your podcast a lot. And I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, I'm not nearly as, uh, I guess, cutthroat as Ryan can be at times. But like that kind of advice, it, it does. It's important. 
And I think that's the cool part about our industry is you have all these guys throughout the spectrum of, you know, you have Ryan, who's very just assertive. And then you have other companies that, you know, are a little bit more understanding and have a little more empathy and you can kind of pick on that scale where you want to be. Yeah. You know, and uh, for us, you know, we tend to be like, if you've bought stuff from us or brought your truck here, support our business. Like I, I will do some very crazy things to make sure that you are happy at the end. The guys that don't buy anything, like I, I can't say I lost anything I never had, you know? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But was, uh, I know you're busy, got that engine to put together. I appreciate you taking some time you know, to chat with me. And there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of insights you share, not just about the truck, but about business and relationships yeah. and partnerships and stuff. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate you chatting with me. I look forward to seeing you perform next week and wish you the best of luck. And yeah, you're always welcome back on the podcast. Love our chats. All right. Take care, Patrick. Thank you. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23Diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. If you're looking for something for hunting, fishing, EDC, something to throw in a toolbox, have around the job site or around the house, they got something for any budget. And this year, they've had a ton of new releases. The latest one is the Duralock models, which is a um, like an EDC smaller uh, folding knife. It's got a blade that's made out of D2 steel. They've got a bunch of different blade um, shapes and then also handle materials designs as well. So if you're in the market for a quality folder, they've definitely got you covered there. And we appreciate them offering that discount code just for you guys. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who follow on uh, YouTube podcast apps, um, social media or on our Discord. We appreciate all your support over the years and look forward to bringing you more of the content you want to hear in 2023. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.